worship His majesty. Jesus who died and now glorified, King of all kings. Well, good morning. Uh, welcome to Deep Creek Baptist Church on a beautiful Sunday day in October. Or October. I don't know, skip the whole month, September. Uh, I'm waiting for it to get cold weather, I'm sorry. Uh, birthdays and anniversaries. Uh, Zachariah Laws, please stand up. <laughs> uh, and, and David Wicker, you can stand up too. <laughs> they both here, we're going to sing happy birthday. Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday, God bless you, happy birthday to you. Uh, your birthday's what, Thursday? Yep, the ninth, and David's is Saturday, so um, if you get a chance, give them, tell them happy birthday. All right. <laughs> You can do that now. It's acceptable. Yeah. All right. If everybody please stand, we'll all sing hymn number 93 together. His eye is on the sparrow. Place to sing and hope and then be done. 
Well, once again, good morning. Uh, time for our announcements, praises, and prayer requests. Uh, September the 7th, uh, in the ladies' circle in the 7 p.m. in the fellowship hall, that'd be Tuesday. Um, September the 12th is homecoming. September the 13th, 14th, and 15th is our revival. Reverend Eugene Ushery will be speaking. Invite your family, invite your friends, invite your neighbors. Uh, October the 2nd, Saturday, 7 a.m. to 2 p.m. will be a church-wide yard sale with a rain date for the following Saturday the 9th. Uh, you may start bringing items on the 16th. Now, this yard sale, all the proceeds will go to the uh, ladies' circle and to the Baptist men. Is that correct? Right. right. Okay, so if you have items that you would like to, to get rid of, or for lack of a better term, uh, start bringing them after the 16th, and uh, we'll have that yard sale. Let your friends and family know that there'll be a yard sale here that's that Saturday. Um, I want you to add uh, the La Mahara Church, L-A, and then capital M-A-J-A-D-A -A -A, uh, in Nicaragua. Uh, they were having a worship service and children baptism time and teaching yesterday and they had moved over into the food building and a tornado destroyed the, the, the chapel. Uh, it's all bent up and twisted up um, and so uh, no one was hurt. Just the building's roof was tore off and twisted. So God had his hand on them. Um, I, I've got pictures I can show you. Um, it is... Uh, they were very blessed. Uh, so keep that church in your prayers. It's in, it's in Nicaragua. Uh, I spent a lot of time worshiping at that church. So uh, uh, we're just thankful that, uh, that no one was injured and everyone is still alive. And they're having church services today. Uh, so God is faithful and they're faithful to the Lord. So uh, any other praises or prayer requests? Yeah, sure. This is going to be a covered dish. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we just need everybody because they're Okay. Covered dish. The ladies' subject is going to be 50 pieces of chicken, um, fried chicken. So, you know, it's just a matter of. Okay. Okay. Covered dish. I will uh, I'll put a message on the calling tree just as a reminder. Uh, probably. Sometime around Wednesday. Okay. Right. Are we going to have a men's meeting tomorrow? Uh, we going to have a men's meeting tomorrow? Well, we pretty much cleaned our grounds, and that was the last thing we were uh, uh, needed to do before our homecoming. So unless someone has something we need to discuss, I think we could probably pass until first of next month. Okay. No men's meeting tomorrow. <laughs> uh any other praises, prayer requests? Go ahead. Cancer. So, we pray for John. 
And then um, continue to pray for Bobby Wilson. Okay. Any other? Roger. Okay. All right. Any other praises and prayer requests? Go ahead, Lonnie. Okay. Any others? Go ahead, John. Amen. Amen. Yeah. I, I, I've loved the lower humidity. Um, any other praises, prayer requests? Anything? I've seen the love of Jesus working, uh, especially the last couple of weeks, uh, and, and not just one or two different things, but in, in, uh, uh, at work, seeing it uh, at work, some of the people I uh, deal with and work with at work, seeing it around home, seeing it in our, in our community. Um, he's alive, he's well, and I'm seeing people loving him and, 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 and showing it to glorify his name, and that's just a praise. Amen. Um, remember all those that are traveling this weekend um, it's the last for all practical purposes considered the last hoorah of the summer uh, we're getting into the fall and we, before you know it uh, we'll be having play practice for whatever program practice for Christmas probably need to get started on that pretty quick um, so it's just around the corner um, um, any other praises and prayer requests? Yeah, go ahead. Um, just praise the Lord for mom this week. Um, AIDS had had some concern uh, over her respiration, so we've been a number of times this week to the doctor and you know, different things came up, holding up things, but um, thankfully Friday Okay. All right. Any others? All right. Uh, if there's no others, uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Most glorious Lord God, we love you and we thank you for this day. Lord, we ask you to bless our time together. Lord, we lift up each one of these on the prayer list. We thank you for your hand of protection at the church at La Mahara. Lord, we lift up Donna and, and, and John and Bobby Wilson and Tim. and um, Lord, we just lift them all up. Uh, Judy and Jason and, 
can go down the list. Rachel and the unsmoked Bobby Wilson. Uh, the, our list is tremendous. Uh, Lord, we know that you're in work and that busy in these lives. And we ask you, Lord, to continue to do that. We continue to lift up those who are being still deployed, those who are returning home. Um, Lord, we just know that that you have a plan for every one of us. Lord, we ask you to go before us and prepare our hearts, and not only our hearts, but prepare those who come to our revival, Lord, that they would hear your word and, and be either come to you, rededicate to you, or recommit to you and be ready to go out and face this harsh world, Lord, as we are called to be preachers and purveyors of the gospel, each one of us. Lord, I love you. I ask you to bless our time together. May your word touch the hearts that need to be touched. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If everybody would please stand for our offertory hymn, number 223, Nothing But the Blood.
Pastor Jerry is bringing your message to us. Very soon we pray. have your Bibles, if you'll go ahead and turn to the book of Mark. The last couple of weeks we've been, the Lord's been dealing with me about fear and dealing with me about how we are not to be afraid and what to expect. Uh, and so today uh, I'm going to talk about John the Baptist. I'm going to talk about his message and what we need to know and glean from him and how we are to replicate what he's done. Uh, beginning in verse 1, it says, The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophets, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, uh, which shall prepare the way before thee. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John did baptize in the wilderness and preached the baptism of repentance for the remission of sin. And there went out unto him all the land of Judea and they of Jerusalem and were all baptized of him in the river of Jordan, confessing their sins. And John was clothed with camel hair. And with a girdle of a, uh, of a skin about his loins. And he did eat locusts and, hunt and wild honey. And preached saying, There cometh one mightier than I after me. The latches of whose shoes I am not worthy to stoop down and unloose. I indeed have baptized you with water. But he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. Let's pray. Father God, I love you and I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that you have sent us your God-breathed, unified, un 
unerring word that we can apply it to our lives, that we can look at it, we can glean examples of how we should live our lives. Lord, we just love you. I ask you to make this message clear so that we can understand our responsibilities and have others understand that they have hope. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. It's kind of interesting, you know, uh, Matthew begins the gospel by sharing the genealogy of Jesus. He thought it was important for him in Matthew. And he feels the, the need to prove that Jesus is the son of Abraham and the son of David. And Luke begins by talking about the events which led up to the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. John's gospel starts out in eternity, past, reminding us that Jesus is God in the flesh. Mark does not start out talking about the Lord's heritage or his birth. Mark desires to present Jesus as the servant, and a servant does not need a genealogy. Mark begins by jumping right into the action. In his first sentence, he says, The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Mark starts out in his first sentence, first verse of the book, who Jesus is, the Son of God. He acknowledges. He jumps straight into it. Uh, the title of the book, you know, Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That's what he's telling you. And then everything after that revolves around the fact that Jesus is the Son of God. Sometimes we forget that. The name Jesus is a Greek translation of the Hebrew term Yoshia or Joshua. It means Jehovah is salvation. Yeshua. That's how they say it in the Middle East. Yeshua. We in America call it Joshua. But think about that. Jehovah is salvation. Who is Jesus Christ? Salvation. Jesus is a human name and it reveals the reason Jesus came into this world. Jesus came into the world to save lost sinners. We get that in Matthew 1, 21, Luke 9, 10. Uh, Jesus declares his person, himself. What did he call himself? The son of man. What did he tell us? We learn it in Matthew. I and the Father are the same. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you don't know me, you don't know the Father. He is called Christ. That identifies Jesus as the Jewish Messiah. The anointed one. The name Christ declares his position. See, John, uh, Mark is not pulling any punches. He's starting straight out to it. Jesus is pictured as the one who will deliver his people from their enemies. Now, with that being said, there was a lot of folks thought that Jesus was only coming for them. And they rejected him. Then Mark raises the stakes. He calls Jesus the Son of God. Mark lets us know in very, very clear terms that he is writing about a man who is no ordinary man. He's writing about a man who is God in the flesh. 
We get this in John 1, 1 through 14, or 1 and 14. The name Son of God declares its power. This is who we are to preach. This is who we worship. This is who saved us. This is who sacrificed his life on the cross so that we would be here today. This is who we follow. The Son of God. Jehovah is salvation. He is our salvation. So this title declares four important truths regarding Jesus. Number one, he is truly human. He has a human name, Jesus. He is truly divine. He is the promised Messiah. He is the Son of God. Number three, he is truly unique. He is both humanly and, and deity in one person. He is the true source of good news. Jesus alone is the source of salvation. Jesus alone is the source of salvation. For those of you that may be scrolling through the internet and come across us, I will tell you this. If you're worshiping any other deity than Jesus Christ, you're worshiping a false idol, a man-made idol. If it's carved out of a rock, if it tells you you have to be reincarnated, if it tells you anything other than the shed blood of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins of the world, then you're worshiping a false prophet. If you have to go any other place other than straight to Jesus to get to God, you're worshiping a false idol, a man-made idol. We have Mark's introduction of the book and it bears his name. Let's begin the process of moving through these verses. Let's start about and talk about what happens next. It says, as it is written in the prophets, behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. In verses 2 and 3, John has his mandate. You know, in ancient times, kings often sent people ahead to announce his coming, to announce his intention, so the villages and the people could be prepared to receive the king when he entered their territory. That's what's happening here. The king... God is sending a messenger ahead of his son, Jesus Christ. First, he was to make certain that the roads were passable. He was to make sure that there were no obstacles to come to him. Uh, that there would be no obstacle, obstacles to delay the coming of the son. And when the king passed through, it was to be clear. The path was to be clear and the route through the kingdom was to be safe. Second, the forerunner was to let the people know that the king was coming. He was to go along the route before the king and announce the fact that, hey, he's behind me and he's coming. You better prepare yourself. And John the Baptist fulfilled both of those duties by the ancient forerunner. Uh, he came to this world with a divine mission. Think about this. He came to the world with a divine mission. John was given a heavenly mandate, which he fulfilled while he was here. So let's examine what his mandate was. Let's look at it. 
And verses 2 and 3 also tells us that John was the fulfillment of two important Old Testament, Old Testament prophecies. Isaiah 43. The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Think about that. He is fulfilling the prophecy. And then you go to Malachi 3.1. Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come uh, to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant whom, he, whom ye delight in. Behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. We have the same mandate as John the Baptist. We are to be preparing and proclaiming the way of repentance through Jesus Christ for his coming. His second advent. We are to be prepared for that and we are to be preaching that. Each one of us. So in verse 2, we read verse 2 and it says, As it is written in the prophets, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, and which shall prepare the way, thy way before thee. It involved the preparation. John cleared the way for the coming of the Lord by appealing directly to the people. He didn't go into the synagogue. He didn't go into the temple. The Jewish religious leaders had long ago forgotten the common man. At the time of this happening, they had forgot the common man. John came preaching to the people, calling on them to repent because the Lord, the king, was coming to deliver his people. Now he is in a river in the wilderness. It just told us that he's, what, wrapped in camel hair. And he's eating locust and wild honey. Why is he eating locust? We'll get to that in a minute. Contrary to popular belief, locust was a clean food listed in the law. It involved proclamation. John was a lone voice against the dead legalism of the Jews. He had a hard, he, he was a hard preacher in a dark day. God used him to touch a generation. John the Baptist preached during a period when the Jewish religion had become nothing more than a dead orthodox. Kind of like some Christianity in some places today. Nothing but dead orthodox. Legalism and ritual ruled the day. The Jews were in desperate need of spiritual revival. Kind of sounds like today, doesn't it? Legalism and ritual ruled the day. And we are desperate in need of a spiritual revival. The Gentiles had given up on religion and viewed most religion beliefs as superstition and foolish tales. Both groups needed just what John preached, the truth. What do people tell us about our book? They say what? It's archaic. They say we're what? Superstitious. Not only we as Christians, but those out there who are unbelievers need to hear the truth. That's our job. That's our calling. We're living in a similar day. Think about this. Many churches have abandoned 
the great doctrine. You can see it. Major denominations are fighting over the word of God or therefore the lack of it. When you are publicly ordaining people who practice an abomination to God as your spiritual leaders, you have major doctrinal issues. You've departed from the word of God. And it becomes so, 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 so placid that people are, are never challenged regarding their sins or they are beaten down with the word of God for bringing up the sins. Think about that. Have you ever experienced somebody using the word of God to beat your argument down and your proclamation? A misrending and misinterpretation of God's word? There is a great need of men of God in our society today. There's a great need for those of us who will stand on the principles of the word of God. Who will stand on the doctrine of the gospel. We men, God's calling us. Jesus is coming soon. I talked about that last week. I don't know the day, but I just know and I feel it in my bones. Not as far as it has been. Where are the forerunners? Where are we at? Are we a forerunner? Are we standing in the wilderness preaching the gospel? Preparing the way for the Lord? And this is to me. Preachers, our mandate is that the same as the one of John the Baptist. We are to preach the word. My fellow preachers, if you're listening to this, preach the word of God. The unadulterated word of God. If it hurts your toes, so be it. It has hurt mine on many occasions. And continues to do so because God is chastening me. John had a simple method. John's preaching. John was a preacher and he came telling the men and the women that a need for repentance. His message was a message of confrontation. John came confronting the sin and calling out people to repent. The word repentance means to change a mind that results in a change of action. It's one thing to repent and say, I'm sorry. It's a completely another thing to repent and tell the Lord you're sorry and change your actions. One is like getting your hand caught in a cookie jar and the other one is like you don't want to go near the cookie jar. You got caught, leave it alone. Kind of like when your mama told you don't touch the pot, it's hot. You touched it. It burnt you. Did you touch it again? No. That's the way it's supposed to be when we repent. It's the way it should be. John called on them to change their minds regarding sin. 
That's what we do every Sunday. We call on each of us to change our minds regarding sin. We call on each of us to stand. John was calling them to clean up their lives in preparation for the advent of Jesus Christ. Today, we, you, I need to be calling out people to change their lives and their minds for the coming of Jesus Christ. The second advent. The Lord is coming. The Savior is coming. You need to be straightened out or you need to straighten out your crooked heart. You need to straighten out your path. You need to get the way into your heart prepared for the coming of the Lord. Whether you're sitting here a lifelong Christian, brand new, not knowing who Jesus is, it doesn't matter. Our hearts need to be prepared to receive Jesus today. Not tomorrow, not next week. Not after a while. Today. Now. John told the people that their repentance would result in the remission of sins. The word remission means forgiveness or pardon. But they had never had that told to them. John told the people that their repentance would result in God's forgiveness. Remember how they used to do it? Sacrifice a bunch of bulls, take all the sins of the nation, hook it on a goat, lead him out into the wilderness and let him go. One time a year. Who knows if all the people gathered there repented? Probably not. They listened to the preacher. They let the, 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 fair, uh, the, the priest take care of that ritual. All they knew is if that, burn, if that bull burnt, their sins were gone. The message we need to preach today is the exact same one. We need men of God in this day who will lift up their voices and thunder out against sin. See, when John preached, he wasn't just that he was quiet. Think about this. When the, when the Jews came to see him by the river, he treated them just like they were Gentiles. That probably rocked their world to start with. He didn't treat them like they were Jews. He treated them like a Gentile. See, Christians are becoming a lot like Jews. Proud. Condescending. I'm Christian. I'm going to heaven. Look at how arrogant the Jewish people were as a nation. They thought they were so much better than everybody else because they were God's chosen people. They had forgot humility. They had forgot everything that they had went through. All the trials and tribulations that made them God's chosen people. Think about the things we've gone through in our lives. Think about how God has put his hand upon us and walked us through the trials and tribulations of our life. The ups and downs, the regrets that we face every day. Yet, he still loves us. Yet, he still hung on the cross for us. Why? Because he called you to share his gospel and have a relationship with him. I don't care if you can't talk. You're to share the gospel. You're to share the gospel. That's what we're called to do. We're called to go and disciple the world. That's what we're called to do. 
teaching them the commandments of God. John did something that was unusual in his day. He baptized Jews. People in that part of the world had been practicing baptism for a long time. Uh, and Gentiles became a Jewish convert. The person would be baptized uh, or would baptize themselves as a symbol of their change of life. Baptism is, uh, is not new the way John used it was. John did not baptize people to make them right with God. The phrase preach the baptism of repentance for the remission of sin does not mean that people when they're baptized have their sins forgiven. It does not mean that at all. They were being baptized because their sins had been forgiven. They went to John and were immersed into the River Jordan to declare publicly that their lives had been changed by the power of God. That's what we do here with baptism. You repent, you accept Christ, we baptize you as a public statement of your coming along and being recognized as the son of Jesus Christ or a daughter of Jesus Christ, brothers and sisters. They were baptized to give glory to God. And they were forgiven of their sins, which made them whole. In other words, the baptism was about the change of life, not the method for salvation. The method for salvation is repentance through Jesus Christ. And let me tell you about the power of John. Just so you know, in some estimates, John baptized probably 300,000 people. Him and his disciples. And, and let me tell you how it happened. These people came walking minimum some 20 miles on foot to repent and to be dipped into the, into the River Jordan for their sins. These people walked on foot. They arrived. They were tired. They were nasty. They were dirty. But they came to hear what God was preaching through John the Baptist. And they re were freely repenting and having their sins forgiven and being baptized. John just preached the word of God and God honored his word. People responded to the preaching of the Baptist and they came to him confessing their sins and turning from their sinful lifestyles. Think of a shock it was for a Jewish person to realize they had sinned against God and that God was going to hold them accountable and that when the Messiah come, he would hold them accountable, that they would have to stand before God naked and give an account for their individual life. Not a scapegoat will be taken. Not a bull will be slaughtered. You, your mouth, your life will be stand naked and wide open for everyone there to see. Of course, not everyone was happy with John's ministry. Today, not everyone's happy with the ministry of those that preach the word of God. The Pharisees and the Sadducees, they came to see what he was about, and they came to criticize. They came to shut the message down. And when, they, and when he saw them coming, he rebuked them for their hypocrisy. He called on them to repent also. They refused John's plea and continued in their own sin. We have that happen. How many people come criticizing the message, come criticizing the word of God, come criticizing those who are sharing the gospel? Happens every day. 
Just so you know, we're living in hard spirituality times just like John was. People had forgotten who God is. They had rather chase their own dreams and their own wisdom rather than seek out the wisdom of God who gave it to them in the first place. Think about this. How do you feel when you arrive and someone tells you you're a sinner you need to repent? When you're supposedly part of God's chosen people. Oh, I can't be a sinner. God chose us. Yes, you can and you have. People still need to be confronted with the need for genuine repentance today. We still need to hear the word of God. We still need to know that his word does not return void and it will cut to the mar of the heart. He didn't wear robes. He didn't wear sashes. He didn't have pats adorned with chains and emeralds. Like those that adorn the bodies of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He did not gravitate toward the finer things of life. He had a rough message. His clothes was rough. His food was rough as far as we know. But he was pure. His diet was balanced. Locusts are protein and honey is carbohydrates. John was a balanced man who was satisfied with the basics of life. His message, however, was unusual for at the time that he was at. How would you react? Think about this. How would you react if John the Baptist walked into our church? Let me describe him to you. He was a Nazarite. That means that his hair had never been trimmed from the time of his birth. So I'm going to give you a picture of what he would look like. Most Nazarites walked around and they had a bag that hung around their neck. And their beard was in that bag to keep from walking on it. Their hair was so long in the back, it was usually braided and severed seven strands of braids and drug the ground behind them. He comes in wearing a camel hair jacket, for lack of a better term, and skins for underwear. Barefooted with locust and honey on his breath walking up here and telling you repent for the kingdom of God is near the man is coming who I am not fit to loosen the straps of his sandals repent because the day of the Lord is here how would you react think about this how would you react when he walked down the aisle How would you react when his aroma would fill the sanctuary? Would it distract you from the message? He walks in and he says, Pastor Wilson, fill the baptismal. I'm going to fill it. I'm going to fill it. He stepped out of the wilderness dressed in rough garments. 
the garments of a prophet. And later we found out in Matthew that Jesus told them the, the second coming of Elijah had already happened. John came with a strange appearance. He came with a strong message. He was out of step with his times. But God was with him every step. And God used John the Baptist in an amazing way. He used John the Baptist to carry out a powerful ministry. And if John teaches us anything, he teaches us that we need to be like him today. He carried the message of the Holy Savior. John also told him that Jesus, that when Jesus came, he would be a, do a spiritual work in their hearts. He has. He is. John was not calling people to religion. He was calling them to salvation. He was calling them to a relationship with the creator of the universe. The message of John the Baptist preached was an unusual message. He did not preach to gain favor with men. He did not preach to grow a great ministry. He did not preach to attack, to attract the crowd. He preached a simple message about a wonderful Savior named Jesus. He preached a simple message about the need of people to deal honestly with their sins. He preached a message that those people need to hear and he preached the message that we need to hear as well today. Has the Lord spoken to you through this message? I don't know. That's for you. Do you sense the need to come to Jesus to be saved? Do you sense the need to come to Jesus to be reinstated, to be re rededicated? Maybe you walked away from the Lord, I don't know, and are not close to him. Maybe you want to come home and you don't know how. See, we serve a Savior who allows second chances, third chances, fourth chances. Seventy times seven. Maybe you become self-conscious about the way you've been taught. Maybe you're hearing the siren call of the modern church calling you away from the old past. If you need to come and get some things settled with God, you can do that. Whatever the needs are and may be today, whatever your heart is telling you, Jesus is here. He's ready to hear. He's waiting on you. He needs you to react to his calling. Because what's going to happen is over time, your calling, are you hearing the calling, your heart's going to harden and your ears are going to not hear the subtle voice, the subtle call of the Savior of the world calling you. You. You know you need me. You need to come to me. I am going to save you. I have something that is everlasting. Come today. Come now. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we love you.
Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you have gave us a spirit to understand. Lord, we, we pray that not one of us leaves here today. Lord, without repenting, Lord, without being correct and right with you, that we lay our sins bare before you so that we can walk out of here pure hearts, pure minds, ready to share your word with others. You have called us to that. You've made it our mission and our obligation. Lord, allow us the strength and the capacity to fulfill our obligations. Bless us as we leave here. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. everyone please rise for our invitation hymn page 104 in our hymnals amazing grace